All right, nothing like the overreaction Monday Super Bowl edition for you after what was, let's be real, a terribly boring first half that turned into a hell of a football game and a fantastic and memorable finish uh, down the stretch. And, And you can't say... We didn't have like a public service announcement for five straight days here on this show telling you not to bet against Michael Jordan. And if you did, it's shame on you and you deserve the L's and the financial losses you took. But we do uh, wish you well uh, betting on the UFL here in a few months. All right. Good afternoon. Good to be with you. We got a full um, four hour program today, which is perfect because we need all of it. A lot to dive into. Certainly, we'll start with the captain obvious. Patrick Mahomes is still the most important player in the NFL. I will still tell you that, you know, if we were picking rosters, more people would pick the 49ers roster uh, from top to bottom. They have more weapons on offense. They've got uh, a tremendous defense, obviously very well compensated defense as well. But the Chiefs get more out of their players. The coaching on the Kansas City defensive side is sensational. And obviously, uh, Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, what they do to win the back-to-back Super Bowls, you know, again, they moved on from uh, the really most explosive wide receiver in the NFL and Tyreek Hill. Traded him away, didn't want to reach his contract demands, and, you know, people thought they'd lost their freaking mind, and here they are winning back-to-back Super Bowls since moving on from him. And I'm not here to tell you their receiving situation's wonderful, but I'm here to tell you it really doesn't matter that much because they have Patrick Mahomes. Now, if you're a 49er fan and you're old enough to remember the good old days, when you guys did this to everyone, when you won five Super Bowls in the 80s and 90s, and you had Joe Cool on your side for four of them, and Joe Cool, now you can kind of feel the pain of a Bengals fan. So here's what a Cincinnati Bengals fan felt like in 82 and 89 uh, when Joe Montana beat them twice in these games, and when he just would come up with big plays when they needed to, and including the drive, obviously, in the Super Bowl where he claims to have seen John Candy in the front row and he told somebody about it in the huddle. All that stuff. So now you know how it feels. This is what you felt the last five years, twice in the last five years against Patrick Mahomes. He's just the best player involved in these two matchups. And that has outweighed all the great roster building you've done and all the you know geniusness of Kyle Shanahan. I know it's not a word. And let me just keep going. And, and I, I get it. I mean, it's all wonderful. Uh, you know, what you have going on there. And I think there's still a window that's open here, but it's going to get a little bit more challenging as we move forward. And really, it's more challenging for everybody. You know, in the AFC, man, thoughts and prayers to all you have to go through this team every year. I mean, they had a crappy regular season, and here they are. They show up at the playoffs, essentially win three road games. And I count last night as a road game. I mean, they're playing in the Raiders stadium, for number, first of all. There was a lot of 49er fans there, or maybe there are Raider fans dressed up as 49er fans. I'm not sure which it was. If there were more 49er fans there, and it makes sense. They've got all the disposable income in the world. But Pat Mahomes got the ball last. You just can't have that happen. And we'll go into while Boy Genius, you know, kind of hurt himself last night, overthinking the process of overtime here in a bit. But, you know, again, you just gave Mahomes too many chances. You let him off the hook over and over again in a, in a first half where the Chiefs were melting down. You had Kelsey hitting Andy Reid. I mean, you had all this stuff going on. I mean, it was a it was a disaster. I mean, Pacheco fumbles in the red zone. I mean, they just did everything po- they could possibly do wrong. But then on the other side of it, you know, the 49ers are just as charitable as, you know, Christian McCaffrey, the NFL Offensive Player of the Year, even even fumbled. They had a couple special teams breakdowns with the, with the punt that hits off, a, a, you know, the up man's leg. It's just a bad luck situation. Then, of course, the, the blocked extra point 
on a night where Moody's crushing the ball, right? I mean, he, he had a record-setting field goal for about, what, a half hour until, of course, Buckner broke it. But it was it was one of those nights, man, where, you know, you just let the Chiefs hang around. They're going to wake up, and that's exactly what happened. And that team, you know, to their credit, this year just found a way. I mean, just found a way. And they went through the number two offense, the number three offense, the number four offense, the number six offense in the postseason, um, which combined to average over 28 points, you know, each game. And they just averaged 15.8 in the playoffs against the Chiefs. I mean, it, Steve Spagnola is that good to shave off 12 and a half points. It's not new. I mean, he did this with the Giants, of course, against Tom Terrific and the unbeaten Patriots. And he's done it, obviously, multiple times now here with the Chiefs in Super Bowls. And it has been a great fit for him at Kansas City. And if you were Andy Reid, would you retire? Why? No freaking way. And uh, if you heard him last night, there's none of that discussion. We had already covered this with you before, but just to be clear, yes, they're a dynasty, and now they're really a dynasty for those of you that need them to have back-to-backs. So three and five years definitely makes you a dynasty. No comparison there. And even though Pat Mahomes is very young, I mean, it's not crazy to go ahead and start the conversation. And I was kind of uh, not amazed, but um, maybe in awe of how many former players that were on television shows last night that were ready to go ahead and project that on him immediately. They they didn't hesitate. And this is, again, a bunch of guys who were in the Brady era, Manning era, uh, played with Manning or Brady in, in some cases, and they're already like, no, Patrick Mahomes is already there. And last night, let's, let's also recap what he did. Besides, obviously, the game-winning drive and keeping them in this game where they really appeared to not be able to get out of their own way for, for a long stretch of it. I mean, he was under duress. I mean, the... The 49ers defense that we expected most of the season finally showed up last night, right? They were hitting Patrick Mahomes. He was under pressure in most of his dropbacks last night. I think it was more than half of his dropbacks he was under pressure in last night. They had it officially at 40%. So I was a little off. 43% to be exact in his dropbacks, which is the highest of any of the 21 quarterbacks with multiple Super Bowl starts. So he got off to a... Uh, you know, and he got off to a quick start. It wasn't like he was getting big shots, but he was certainly accurate. He was very on it. And then he starts running last night. I mean, he has 399 yards in total offense, right? 66 on the ground. The fact that he could do that with his legs and can do that and just defaulted to that shows you how much this meant to him, what he, he understood the moment he raised his game. And by the way, Purdy did not play a bad game. Brock Purdy played a pretty damn good game. He made some plays himself. But again... You can't give Mahomes this many opportunities. You couldn't kick field goals when you need to score touchdowns. If you're going to knock out the champ, you literally needed to knock him out. And for whatever reason, the 49ers could never find that gear stalling out in the red zone. Uh, Again, the mistakes were a big part of it uh, as well. And then defensively, as the game wore on, even though they had been getting good pressure throughout most of the game, obviously the sacks weren't there and the pressures weren't as disruptive as they were earlier in the game as Mahomes continued to get more confident and more of a rhythm, and then they figured out how to get Travis Kelsey the ball, which was kind of important, needless to say. And there were some goofy things that happened in this game. Let's not forget that. I mean, Greenlaw tearing his Achilles running on the field out of halftime. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, just an awful circumstance for the uh, 49ers for that to happen. I mean, that's just not that's not normal. I mean, it's just they had some bad luck. The muff punt thing's bad luck. I know none of that means anything to anybody, but – if you're a 49er fan, you're just mad and angry. But 
this is one of the things that separates winning from losing is is breaks, and the Chiefs got a lot of them in that regard. Even though I thought the flags kind of went the 49ers' way last night. Did they not? I mean, there's an easy like, okay, both of these guys are engaged here. You just pick up the flag and move on. Instead, the Chiefs player gets it. There's an ineligible man downfield on the Jennings touchdown pass that doesn't get called. I mean, there were some other, you know, little ticky-tack things that that were called as well against the uh, Chiefs. But all that being said, you know, they just kept grinding it out. And the 49ers, again, made too many mistakes, including tactical errors uh, when it counted most. And uh, what a game, though. What an absolute finish after such a clunky, weird start. It's like it took – they had like a Vegas malaise or hangover, and then they finally got rolling. But the the Chiefs, they're not going anywhere. I got news for you. I mean, yeah, they're going to lose some people. Might have been Chris Jones' last game for all we know uh, there. He kind of alluded to that this week. We'll, we'll see. But, you know, people want to come play for Pat Mahomes, right? Like, this is what's about to happen. Like, it happened for Tom Brady. It happened for other people. are going to say, get me there. I want to be there. The difference is it's not quite like going to the Patriots was back in the day where you might have felt like it was a bit of a prison sentence to get through all that to get to the glory of the postseason. As you saw, Andy Reid runs it a little differently. And this also goes back to something maybe we can get to at some point about different styles, different coaches, different things work well. But, you know, he didn't bench Travis Kelsey for running up on him during the game. He didn't even stupid. He wants to win the football game. All right. He's not stupid. Even if that looked terrible in the moment and it was, you know, probably really uncool on his part. And they probably made him pee in a cup after the game because of it. But anyway, all that being said, this team's not going anywhere. And I know it's nauseating if you're a Raiders fan or any of the AFC teams or if you just, you know, hate Tr- Taylor Swift or whatever your deal is with that. I don't know why you do, but okay, whatever. Uh, it's going to be tough on you. It's going to be tough on you because they're not going anywhere anytime soon. But if you can just st- separate yourself from it, it's hard to do, and accept that it is something unusual that we're seeing in terms of greatness, then I then I think, you know, you probably have more fun. All right, we're going to open the uh, phone lines at 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. Valley Who's phone line, the text line as well. We'll also uh, get into our poll question of the day about what the Super Bowl will be remembered for, and uh, we will dive into all that stuff coming up on the other side. Scott Jackson Show here, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Leary King Law. All right, Overreaction Monday, Super Bowl edition with you here. We got game balls, lane balls to get to later on. Um, we'll get to uh, the strategy and overtime uh, of the Niners here in a bit as well. But I want to get to the Pat Mahomes greatness and what the Super Bowl I remembered for, uh, which is our poll question on the Twitter, on the X, uh, on the Twix. Uh, and you can get to it at Jackson Sports, um, which is, of course, brought to you by Dominion Floor Coverings. What will Super Bowl 58 be remembered for? More Mahomes magic. Spags D steps up again. Another Shanahan collapse or other uh, reply below. Right now, the Mahomes magic 64.2. Shanahan 22.6 collapse is going right there as well. And um, anyway, so far, that's where the voting is going. And Spags stepping it up again. I mean, that's that's what his defenses do. Maybe they get taken for granted at this point. And uh, again, you can get to it at Jackson Sports at ESPN Radio 941. Um, James, I see that uh, we've already got people in the other category trying to uh, really throw some weird stuff in there, and they're going to be surprised by this. Um, Brian, the other Brian in Chesapeake says, it'll be known for the highest-rated quarterback at a high school throwing a TD. 
Love seeing Vols do well in the Super Bowl. Apparently, Jawan Jennings he's talking about was a highly <laughs> rated quarterback in high school. Yes, he was. We did they hear mentioned that. that. Yeah. Um, Christopher Seymour says the Chiefs starting quarterback Patrick Mahomes is the new goat of the NFL now. Four Super Bowl appearances, five years, two back to back Super Bowl wins, back to back Super Bowl appearance wins. Yes. He's been the goat for a while of the current core of quarterbacks. I don't think that's necessarily new. Once Brady retired, retired, I think we understood that Mahomes had taken that baton from him, if you will. I'll tell you what, we got a new goat really quick, though, didn't we? Usually when right. there's a goat, you, right? there's a, there's a gap a great point. But, but before we get another goat. But it was yeah. just like he picked up right where Brady left off. So um, 12th man says Mahomes, Magic, and Spags, D.A. tie. All right, so have at it. The, the poll will be up for a while. Uh, again, right now, a lot of you lean to Mahomes, and I can't blame you because, again, Mahomes was the best player on the field yesterday, and that's what mattered the most. Uh, from the uh, text line, 757-687-9494, Jason in Portsmouth, who has one of these great voice texting fail texts, it says, how much do you think grandma's injury led to the ability <laughs> to get ball to Kelsey in the second half? I'm also driving, so voice text, handsome misspelling, sorry. Of the linebacker's name, Jason Portsmouth. No, that's great. It made my day. When he said grandma's injury, I'm like, what happened to grandma? Larry Johnson's playing football now? Grandma Ma got hurt. A green law. Yeah. It, no question. It, it, did it have an impact? You're damn right it did. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. Kelsey and the Chiefs in the second half, all they did, what they attempted to do, and, and I think Romo pointed this out very well last night, was they were getting in motion to make sure he could shake the Warner matchup and then obviously Greenlaw's an excellent guy in coverage too, but you don't have him out there. But Warner, for the better part of the first half, was locking him down. Like yeah. he was not – I think the only time Kelsey went against Warner may have been that 22-yard play on that final drive of regulation. And that was really the big one. But, yeah, that was huge. There's no doubt about it. And Greenlaw's just so good. And an Achilles injury here, what was yesterday, the 11th of December – February, excuse me. That's that stinks because yeah. again, you know, when training camp starts in July, he's out of the entire offseason program, right? Um, that's rough, and he's a guy who relies on the speed, man. And it's that's a tough one, real tough one. Feel bad for him. Chuck in Virginia Beach adds, hundred um, percent facts. I was fourteen years old, still feel the Tim Crumright broken ankle and that loss. Uh, it's Chuck in Virginia Beach. Who day? He's a he's a Bengals fan. I was mentioned earlier. Now the 49ers fans know um, how it feels. So I was thinking about that last night. I just think of those Montana Super Bowl teams, the first two that uh, the two that beat Cincinnati, rather, and how Bengals fans must have felt back then. Because you know Ken Anderson was really good. That was an excellent team. Boomer Esiason had played a pretty damn good Super Bowl. Um, a lot of good things from that team. But then you know just to see a guy at that time who was the the goat and the coolest and best in the postseason in Joe Montana just carve you up like that. It's just gotta gotta kill you. Got to kill you. Now, the 49ers fans are going through it. And here's what I really did not – I don't know why it didn't process to me until today, James. But just think about this for a second. 49ers, who, again, were the team in the 80s and 90s who I was just like, man, they're the gold standard. Yep. Dang it, you know. Uh, and, I was, and, again, I was watching a team that was great in, the, in their own right with Joe Gibbs' Redskins teams. But from them to go 5-0 and in Super Bowls, to lose their last three, and you're like, well, you know, whatever. It's still eight Super Bowls. You take it. But but here's the thing that's wild to me. For a franchise, and they're held in very high regard because they've been, you know, in the picture here, obviously, of the last five years significantly. But remember, there was those down years with, you know, Dennis Erickson and Chip Kelly after Harbaugh left. The Thomas Sula Yeah, years, and then there yeah. was the, the Mike Nolan era, which was pathetic. You know, blowing the first pick with with Alex Smith. So then you start really th- going through your mind here, and you're like, "Well, wait a minute. 
So let me get this straight. Steve Young was their last Super Bowl win. Now, just to, again, just just for clarification here for those that don't remember this, this is kind of like I have to remind my Knicks fans about this sometimes and they act like how important their franchise is, that the Bullets have won a title more recently and they're not even in existence anymore because, you know, they're called something else now that I hate. But anyway, the Dallas Cowboys have a more recent Super Bowl win than the 49ers. Wow. Yeah, by one year. Wow. Now, granted, granted, after Young's year, it was the Cowboys, you know, the the last of that dynasty for the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. But the Cowboys, who we just ridicule for, like, living in the 90s, right? Now, granted, the Niners have been in it. They've been in it, you know, last decade and then twice in this decade. But still, it's, it's wild to me because I don't think of them that way. I don't right, think of them yeah. as, like, this – Oh, living off the past franchise because they're you know they're living in the present pretty well, but that's tough, man, and and that's what they live with. And we, we were saying this the other day. Even if Purdy won a Super Bowl, how hard it is to live to that standard, you know, of, of like who they are because uh, it's a really high one. And, you know, Montana's obviously at the game yesterday. You know, everybody, you know, Rice, all these guys are walking around, and you know, and they're expecting that you know this thing's about to end, this drought, and boy, oh boy. It doesn't um, last night because again, Patrick Mahomes, man, Patrick Mahomes is some of the things that he does. You can't, you cannot explain it. You can't, you can't coach it. Nope. I mean, the arm angles, the you know, the backyard football stuff, the fourth and one, you know, the option play there is great uh, that they have there where he can run it, pitch it, you know, whatever he wants to do with it uh, is absolutely bonkers. Um, how good he is. All right, more of the uh, text line. Uh, Willingham, first of all, I'm texting like a fat kid that loves these chocolate cake. Last time I talked to you guys, I said they would um, force uh, Purdy to beat them by taking away the run game. Stop at number 23, and Coach Shanahan had two weeks of practice and still made a bad decision on the coin toss. He should have kicked the ball to the Chiefs, but then he'd have to accept the ball. Uh, that cost them the game. Yeah, I'm going to get more into the strategy of this. I, yeah, there's no question that's, that's damaging. Uh, they did run the ball well. I mean, McCaffrey had a look. He was going to be the MVP, in my opinion. Forty Nine ers no win the question. game. He's the MVP. No question. It's like one hundred and sixty, seventy-ish yards, combined yards, touchdown. He was the MVP story to me. But even with the fumble, even with the fumble. But you're right. I mean, it's just um, the overtime thing. You just can't allow that guy to do it. And and they let him off the hook in the first half when they had the forty. When they had them fighting one each other, and then you got Rice even in the fourth quarter cursing out. Mahomes, I mean, and all this stuff. But what he didn't see was it was another crap-ass snap from the center, who was awful last night, by the way. Their center was terrible, I mean, with the snaps. Now, he had some pancake blocks downfield, but these snaps, I thought I was watching the Alabama play Michigan. I mean, that, that's how bad some of these snaps were Yikes. last night. That was really, really frustrating uh, if you're a, you know, if you're a 49er or, a, 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 excuse me, a Chiefs fan, because it was, it was costly. Like, those were costly bad snaps. Mahomes got to, got to reach for him at all times, but this is not abnormal for Kansas City. They've had snap issues all season long, and, you know, last night, it just, with Creed Humphrey kind of rolling him back there, it wasn't quite as bad as the poor kid at Alabama, but it was, it wasn't good either. It wasn't a high-level uh Shotgun snap. Sounds like somebody needs to move to guard. <laughs> now he did have a really good pancake block downfield. I mean, on the guy Fred can block Warner. but not snap. Yeah, he can run. Like their that. interior, of their line's really good. Everybody said their tackle stunk, and they, they had proof of it all year. And it's true because the edges were like you know Bosa and Young. But as time went on, too, what makes Mahomes so smart is he kept using their leverage to their dis, like to their dis, you know to his advantage, right? Because those guys like to get upfield, and he would slide right underneath them, uh, you know, right by them, and buy himself some time. It was just. 
crazy to watch over and over again. And, you know, Chase Young came out of the gates fast. I mean, Steve Wilkes called that group out and they responded. I mean, I think they played as well as they could against Mahomes. I mean, again, in overtime to hold them to 25 points, but your offense, they needed to get, you couldn't kick so many field goals as they did. Um, 757-687-9494. Uh, Donovan says, I, I won't hate on Mahomes because what he's doing is crazy legendary, but I only keep watching the Super Bowl because of the Ice Spice LOL. What happened to Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk? Donovan and 757. You know, here's a good one. That's a good point. Again, back to Spags. They totally, totally took out George Kittle last night. George yep. Kittle was yep. nobody. Debo Samuel had a couple plays. You know, he had the hamstring, left for a while, came back. Now, Purdy did have him in the end zone. And I think, again, Chris Jones, he didn't have the big numbers. And they get a couple pressures. But, the, the, again, the timing of it, the timing of it uh, got him going, man. And that was wild. You know, that was absolutely wild uh, with what he did to get in there, as he often does, and uh, make plays happen. But, yeah, Chris Jones, just perfect timing. And Spags, yeah, I would say he did a good job taking about deciding who they didn't want him to have. That's a very good Kansas City secondary. And, unfortunately – Again, from a man Donovan as a Raiders fan, those suckers ain't going anywhere. But yeah, Ayuk, uh, he had a few catches, but not not a not a big night for him. I mean, we had Jay, you know, they had Ray Ray McLeod had a had a big catch. You had Conley, who was in the Chiefs for a while, make a big play. But it was not a uh, not a big night for some of the guys you would have thought would have been a big night in terms of the pass catchers for um, for the 49ers. Well, Purdy did some good things though. Moved the pocket, you know, he he, he moved in the pocket, got out. Extended some plays. He was fine. I mean, he, he wasn't in awe of it. They got off, to, again, he was razor sharp early, but they needed to have more points than 10 going into the locker room, and they didn't. And then there's the whole overtime thing, which we'll get to coming up in the next segment. All right, 757-687-9494, Um, The win for Kansas City, also the ninth team to repeat as Super Bowl champions, as you probably heard by now. First one since the Patriots, the 03-04 season. And it also ends an 18-game stretch without a repeat, 18-season uh, stretch without a repeat champion in the Super Bowl era, which was the longest of all time in the Super Bowl era. It was the longest stretch we've had. And again, maybe who knows? Maybe they're gonna, maybe they're gonna slip off. Maybe these games, maybe people will get greedy. I, I don't know. Seems like they kind of like to be there. And reading all these st- backstories now today, and hearing it a little bit last night during the broadcast and the in, in the pregame show. You wouldn't have known the Chiefs had been there as many times as they have recently with the way they practiced this week. Apparently, it was very intense. Mahomes was very sharp. And Kelsey, uh, they said, was like a caged lion. Or caged tiger, I guess is the term. Right? Caged tiger. All right. Or is it a lion? I don't know. Caged tiger. You can go either way. Did you go either one? I mean, I think they're both, you know... They're both scary, Would right? Would you want either one of them just wandering around? No, you wouldn't. There you, you wouldn't. go. Well, I mean, and in Vegas, it could happen. Like, it happened with the one guy, right, that was had the Tigers, and he got attacked by him. Yes, he did. That was terrible. It was Siegfried and Roy. Siegfried I just and don't Roy. remember Thank which you. one it was. I don't either. Never know the two. Just like Penn and Teller. Which one's the guy that doesn't talk? I think that's I think that's uh, Teller. So that's odd, because it's Teller, but he's not telling you anything. I think that's the irony of it. It's kind of like thing, the irony yes. of Chase Young when he wasn't hustling, and his name was Chase. <laughs> 
But last night he was chasing all over the field there. There he was. Although it did seem like he ran out of gas as the game went on, much like the entire Niners defense. All right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. Uh, hit us up uh, via the text line or the uh, Ballyhoo's phone line, 757-687-9494. All right, coming up, James got your update. We'll uh, get to the decision by the 49ers, uh, Kyle Shanahan, and whether or not we can count this as a – a big collapse by San Francisco with the early lead that they had and uh, the fact that they could not get the car home in the uh, past the checkered flag in time. We'll get to that next year. Scott Jackson, your priority auto sports radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King law injured in an accident. Call seven, five, seven injured seven, five, seven I N J U R E D. All right. Back here on the overreaction Monday, super bowl edition, seven, five, seven, six, eight, seven, 94, 94 Bally. Who's phone line. You want to get in on calls, uh, feel free to do so. Also, uh, text line 757-687-9494 as well. You can hit us up there. Uh, let's get to uh, Carlton and Portsmouth uh, reacting to the Super Bowl. What's up, Carlton? Good morning, Scott and James. I always enjoy your show. Thanks. I, I got to have a, a couple of uh, points that I'll make and I'll sure. take it off the air. Um, yeah, the, the first point is I think, the um, to me, the momentum changed when the receiver um, – uh, tried to pick up the ball on the botch punt. Yeah, McLeod. If he fell on the ball, yeah, yeah. If he if he fell on the ball, it would probably retain possession. And then my my second point is I think uh, Andy Reid kind of reminds me of Joe Gibbs a little bit. He was always good at making that second half of adjustment. I'll take him off the air. Yeah, no, no question. No, Andy Reid is tremendous with um, with adjusting in the game and really, you know, in in quarters and in halves as well. I mean, I, I knew that wasn't going to last long. That's why early I thought the 49ers – they just didn't. They didn't get enough out of that, right? Like they didn't get enough out of it. Just a you know a scoreless game after one. Even though they put up all these yards, they're moving the ball. They they really were, were like physically moving the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They're dominating both lines of scrimmage, but had nothing to show for it. Really, uh, that's an absolute killer. But yeah, you're right. So that uh, it, it's weird because I've been seeing it as referred to as a McLeod muff punt. No, it's not. It's a it's a goofy play. First of all, it's a, it's an unfortunate thing, but it's off of the up man's leg or the blocker or whatever you want to call him, and he's he's engaged. And you know, usually they always say NFL guys like to have this thing they call a Peter call, which means basically get the hell out of the way, right? And I don't know if nobody called it or what because it's a short punt. And by the way, the two punters were killing the ball prior to that. I mean, mm-hmm. they were absolutely murdering the ball. But then poor Daryl Luter Jr., you know, he's engaged with this guy. It hits his back of his leg. And then, you know, as you said, McLeod probably just needs to fall on it and dive on it immediately. I think he tries to scoop it. Absolute killer. And uh, gives the 49ers – excuse me, gives the um, – Chiefs the short field and they they know what to do with it and they get it in the end zone and that that woke them up there's no question about it that was huge in the third quarter uh big momentum swinger because uh, that's you know right on the 16 yard line and then bam bam now after that 49ers answered right like they they had an answer drive that took 12 plays like a six plus minute drive Purdy hits Jennings so then you're feeling pretty good at that point if you're a 49er fan because you're back on top but, you know, the, the Chiefs get it back down there again. Buck, Buck Kerr, um, you know, ends up hitting a short field goal and another field goal from the from the 49ers side of it. Of course, the 49ers, which I skipped, which I shouldn't have skipped, when they had the answer touchdown was the blocked extra point, which is yep. clearly changes the entire game, right? Because it's a, a four-point lead versus a three-point lead. And I don't know, maybe the Chiefs would have been able to score the touchdown earlier. Who knows, right? Like, it's a different mentality. So, But it is very significant. Every, and very often, not every time, but most of the time, when there's a missed extra point, it comes back and bites you. 
Oh, no doubt about it, because we don't see it very often. Right. When there's a missed extra point, it comes back and bites you. Um, the, The other thing... I want to get to, obviously, is the overtime decision. And, like, ever since this overtime rule has been in college football, the what I call the backyard football, where it's the 25-yard you know, twenty-five yard line. Right. I, any college coach I've ever talked to has said to me, I always want the ball second. If I have the option, I want to be second. So I know what I need. Do I need a field goal if they don't score? Is that all I need? Do I need a touchdown if they get a field goal? Do I have to match a touchdown? Uh, you know, potentially the ability to also, if you don't have a lot of confidence in your defense – to not only score a touchdown to potentially tie, but win. Like, if you can go for two and just end it. Like, the Chiefs, you know, in theory, if the 49ers have scored a touchdown and made the extra point, you know, there, there was some discussion whether, whether or not Andy Reid would have choose, chosen to go for two after that and just end it in the first overtime instead of going to the next overtime. So, yes, that was it. Would have been interesting. I, I don't really understand how you can worry about the third possession, as Kyle Shanahan was talking about. And the thing that really got me was he put it on the analytics guys. And this is a pet peeve of mine. With, with head coaches who make – I'm pretty sure they make more than the analytics guy. I don't I'd know like who the so. flip the analytics guy is for the 49ers, nor do I care okay, who the analytics guy is because he doesn't address the team. He doesn't coach the 53. They give you suggestions. They give you ideas. You don't have to use them. They're not always right. It's such a cop-out bunch of crap now. These coaches go, well, the analytics – stop it. What do you say? What do you think, coach? You're the one feeling the freaking game. What do you think? Did you think your defense looked like um, they were going to shut out Patrick Mahomes the way they had played earlier? I mean, did you really feel like that? Or maybe you should have probably had the benefit of the second ball, you know, getting the ball second to know what you needed. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Now, had he come out and said, look, our defense was dead dog tired. You know, we were lucky the time ran out in regulation or the Chiefs probably would have beat us there. Okay, maybe I'd have bought into that. Although I do feel like we had a long break between the end of regulation and overtime. I felt like there was a lot of commercials packed in, but maybe yeah, I maybe I got a short memory, which I do. Anyway, I just felt like that. But that, that to me was just like, come on, man. Don't give me your analytics guy. Does anybody know who the analytics guy is? Besides the analytics guy is in his family. Do anybody know who he is in, in San Francisco? I have no idea. I have no idea who he is. No, I've already forgotten the analytics guy the commanders hired like a month ago. <laughs> you know, I know that they hired right, one. I, right. like, I don't care, is. and I don't want to make decisions no. on game day. Like you can give them the information; I don't have to listen to it, right? Like who cares what the analytics guy thinks? Math can never factor in the human element. You like, just can't. God, you can't. On. We just know it's better to have the ball second. All these college coaches have been the test pig, guinea pigs for you guys. And here's the other problem they had with the 49ers. Players saying, players saying, we didn't know the rules. That's a problem. Andy Reid apparently had laid this out, according to Eric Reid and some others, throughout the week as to what would happen if there was an overtime situation. They've been talking about it all year in terms of postseason play in particular because it's different because you can't just end it. Like if the 49ers scored a touchdown, obviously the Chiefs would get the ball again. The clock was irrelevant at the end of the overtime, although it was looking weird, and it took CBS, the crew, fail major fail they didn't explain that until i think they got on social media because it was on social media people like well what about the clock you know and then people reminding them no, no no the clock is irrelevant they get to finish this drive you know even if they flip the side of the field you know they'll start another it doesn't matter but anyway they didn't explain that at all until like somebody got in their ear and said hey we better say this because people are killing us on the x or something you know and then they then they explained it but they, you know, the fact that the 49er players didn't know it, and one of the guys said, we had a seat on the Jumbotron. I think that was Fred Warner who said that he saw it in the Jumbotron. I was like, oh, my God. But anyway, here's Kyle Juszczyk after the game about the overtime rules. You know what? I didn't even realize that the, 
the playoff rules were different in overtime. So I I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win. But I guess that's not the case. Um, so I don't really I don't totally know the strategy there. No. No, we haven't talked about it. No. Oof. Oh, ouch. That's not good. It's pretty bad. It's really damning. It really is. And again, you could say wouldn't have mattered. You know, the Chiefs would have won. They had Pat Mahomes. Blah blah blah. You can talk yourself into a lot of things. It's fine. But that doesn't. That's that's going to be one of those things that's going to marinate in that market all off season, and people are not going to love the ending. I, I don't think it was a big collapse in terms of the score. I mean, it was never. Uh, a, they should have had a bigger lead, but it wasn't like obviously the Atlanta thing or even the last Super Bowl they were in that they blew. Um, you know, ten nothing is in the first second quarters doesn't mean anything yeah but at the same time kyle's finding new and unique ways to blow it (laughs) well again i think last night the biggest gripe i have is that the whole thing about not getting the ball first or or taking the ball first when you win the toss makes no sense and even even if the guys say they didn't pay attention or don't know about it that's by the way in your industry when there's like big changes, you kind of know about them. It was kind of a big deal for a long time with what happened to the Bills, right? This is all off the Bills. The Bills yep. were so upset because they didn't get another chance to get the football. And it was almost like football was upset they didn't get a chance. They want to see what Josh Allen could do on another drive because that was such an electric game. And then we, so they changed the rule. Like they took it that offseason. We changed it. What was goofy is they only did it for the postseason versus the regular season. Now, I do think that's stupid. Like you need, to, you should have the same rules, right? Like, right, for yeah. Both. Does, I we agree don't with need that. to have different rules for the post, but whatever. You know, talk me into you know maybe it's wear and tear, blah blah blah. Ties are okay in the regular season, but I don't know. I, I never loved that part of it. But man, I mean, decision wasn't great. Then to hear the players just totally throw them under the bus, essentially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. Yeah. It was like, yeah, we didn't know what the rules were. Like, come on. I mean, you don't think that's gonna make your staff look, your coaching staff look stupid? for not explaining this stuff to you. Yeah, that was bad. I thought outside of that, again, they ran the ball well. They had good distribution. Now, there was an early part of the third quarter where I'm like, uh, did McCaffrey get taken to the locker room or to the hospital? I thought the same thing, right? Because they were going pass happy, and they went three and out a bunch of times. I think it was three straight, three and outs. Then then they went back to running it again, which was smart. But this is what happens often with the OCs, right? They kind of get full of themselves. With the pass, but overall it's a pretty good mix on a day where you got nothing from George Kittle, not a whole lot from Debo, uh, and you know was one of our texts just pointed out earlier. I was wasn't great. I mean he had you know what three for fifty or forty nine or something like that. wasn't a big day for him. Yet they were they were moving it. I mean they did some good things, but didn't cap off the drives and again didn't take advantage enough of that first half. And again the worst possible strategy, which was yeah let's make sure Mahomes gets the last mark on this game. Wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah wrong all right 757-687-9494 if you want to hit the valley who's phone line also the uh, text line you could do that as well 757-687-9494 thoughts on whether or not the 49ers blew it more about the goat patrick mahomes and dynasty building uh this kansas city chief team we'll get into that coming up in the next hour as well as whether or not this 49er window is about to slam shut on them all right this is scott jackson show priority auto sports radio 94.1 we are brought to you by larry king law and we're brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident, call 757-INJURED, 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. Uh, at 4 o'clock, we'll uh, look into the window that is the 49ers now. Is it shrinking, shrunk, 
spent. Uh, we'll deal with that um, and more, obviously, on the Chiefs moving forward here, too. Uh, the champs, uh, three in the last five years. Uh, Greg in Gloucester via the uh, text line says, since pretty much every show is going to be talking about Mahomes being the GOAT for the next month, can we just get it out of the way? He's not the GOAT he is on pace to be, but he is uh, not the GOAT yet. End of story. Uh, by the way, way to set an example, Kelsey, you whiny piece of crap, Greg in Gloucester. <laughs> Ready for opening day. Yeah, man, you know what? Sometimes, though, you know why You know why divas act like divas? Because it works. Yeah. You know, the receiver that whines wants the ball more. The tight end that pushes his coach wants the ball more. Let's, let me give you a little Andy Reid after the game on this. This is interesting. Hold on. Wasn't okay, right. or maybe not. There we go. We got it. Okay, go ahead. Deep shot, but that's all right. He did good. He was really coming over just go, just put me in, I'll score, I'll score. You know, so that's really what it was. Well, I love that. I mean, it's not the first time. So, I listen, I appreciate him. Yeah, wasn't the first time. Well, if he loves it. Yeah, I don't know if you would have loved it um, if they had lost. <laughs> no, nah, not so like, much. Andy Reid does it differently, man. It's not, you know, it's not Belichickian. It's not uh, Parcells. You know, somebody said Nick Saban would have never let that happen. Yeah, no kidding. It's not in pro football. Well, if that happened it, to Kyle, he would have ended up in Reno. Yeah, well, yeah, Kyle would have been real. No, look, it was not. Uh, it looked, it made them look unhinged. But you know what? They brought, they got their stuff together. Kind of remind me. They kind of remind me a little bit of the Seahawks teams that were in it. They always had some yeah, like yeah. wildness going on on the sidelines. Didn't always look like the most uh, stable of situations, but but it worked for them anyway. Seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. And like people like, hey Kelsey, whatever. Would you want him on your team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the best tight end of the NFL when he's got his act together. I mean, seriously. I mean, come on. He has the most catches in postseason history. Yeah, he's a joke. I mean, I mean come a, on. It's a, it's a joke. What he he passed Jerry Rice. Everybody knew the ball was going to him in so many occasions last night. They still got it to him. I mean, it's, all right, come on. You can hate on him all you want, but he's not, he's not going anywhere. All right. Um, until he's kicking field goals at halftime for some betting app. All right. Oh, uh, gosh. Wait, no, that's not the him. less a, said about that, the yeah, better. Yeah, I know. Oh. We'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, one other thing, too, about the overtime that that I liked about it, and it's funny because I, I feel like this goes back and to the Dan Campbell conversation a few weeks ago is the fact that you have four downs to get you know the ten yards every time when you when you have to go score right like so that's kind of an advantage as well to to do it that way and people are like bringing that up a lot today and, and even during the game and I was laughing because this is exactly what Dan Campbell's mindset is at all times like and, I, and people are well you can't do that all the time well you could yeah you could <laughs> you could you could go tell the analytics guy to stick it. Or you, you know, but he's and he's and again he's not an analytics guy. He's just a Dan Campbell guy. <laughs> I don't know if he can do the math, but he just he's aggressive. He's got the aggressive, the green light on at all times. Maybe to his own detriment, but he does. All right, let's get to Dennis in Virginia Beach via the Valley Who's uh, phone line. What's happening, Dennis? Hello, sir. Uh, well, thank you for uh, getting my call. Sure. Appreciate it. Yep. Y- yes, sir. I would just like to point out that uh, when I was watching it last night, the the, the I think the main point of the uh, when uh, the Niners lost is because you know that was a gutsy uh, four and two that they did, and I love it. I love the the gamble there it was really much needed, but they failed to capitalize on that because yeah. they were able to make a touchdown. Uh, I also love the trick plays that uh, the Chiefs showed. I think those are the things that we look forward to when having the best two teams uh, going up for each other. 
But I do have a question, sir, and uh, I want to see what your opinion yep. is about this. Okay. Regarding the overtime, uh, instead of resorting to a uh, toying cost, which is well, quite primitive and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, if if uh, what if they would actually uh, count all the, uh, have the running total of all the touchdowns that the team had done, uh, regular and playoff season, and then they total that who has the most uh, touchdown, which they worked hard for, then they will be the one to have the ball, wow. the first ball. Well, I thought you were going to say they should like like wrestle for the ball like they did in the XFL. <laughs> I thought that's what you were getting at, and I was like, I kind of like that idea, you know, or like a jump ball like in basketball. I don't know. Um, you know, here's the thing now with overtime because again, both teams will get the ball. Now, again, there's an advantage to having the option to get it second, which the 49ers thought wasn't an advantage because some math guy told him it wasn't. But anyway, I, I you know, I don't know. I, I kind of, I actually dig the coin toss, and I don't think it's going anywhere. I don't, I don't mind it. I mean, because again, the stats from the season, it doesn't really matter how you got there. It's just that you're there at that point. I, I don't think that would really be. Uh, I, see. I, I, I think so now too, sir. Uh, considering that. Both teams now have, will have yeah. the chance to. Yeah, it's not like it used to be when it really was like a coin yes, toss would make or break it. Really, it literally was. But I was uh, thinking about that way yeah. when only one one team could dominate yeah. as long right. as they had the first ball. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks, Dennis. Have a good day, buddy. Have a nice one. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Um, somebody saying, I figure the reason um, Shanahan didn't give Mahomes and Chiefs the ball first was because the defense was tired. They just given up a game tying field goal and the scene of a gas. Perhaps I'm remembering the game wrong. No, that's exactly what I said. But he never brought it up. You know, isn't and, that the reason to not give Mahomes that chance? That make it even more difficult. And I, I right. realize, you know, it would have stayed tied. You, then Mahomes only needs a field goal. Blah blah blah. Okay, but you, I know the pressure maybe doesn't get to him either. But you, if you go for it there. You're taking less. I think feel like if Kyle Shanahan goes for it there and still loses, you're taking less heat, less heat than if you kick the field goal and just hand it, tailor make this thing for Patrick Mahomes. That just to me that was a very questionable thing because we all knew it was going to happen. Yeah, and again, to worry about the third possession was weird to me. Like to talk that far ahead of it. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah, you really thought you were going to get there by yeah. giving the ball back to Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, yeah. come on. Uh, <laughs> all right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Uh, Elliot in Virginia Beach says all the Spags talk is great, but how does he stack up against Dick LeBeau, Bud Foster, Bill Arnsparger, Phil Bengston, not to mention Bill Belichick? And I, and I told him he missed he missed Richie Pettibone, one of the great uh, coordinators of all time. Look, he's a very good coordinator. I mean, if we're just talking strictly defensive coordinator jobs, right? Um, He's there with all of them, right? I mean, he's there with all of them. Belichick is a D coordinator. Very good. Obviously, uh, excellent head coach as well. But, you know, what were the Giants? He had the Giants Super the two Giants Super Bowls. I don't know. He wasn't in both of them, was he? Maybe he was in both of them. Yeah, he did have both the Giants Super Bowls. But, um, you know, this is, again, three for Spags with the uh, Chiefs, the one with the Giants. That's four. It's pretty impressive. I mean, they need to have more of a conversation in the Pro Football Hall of Fame about great, you know, about great um, coordinators. You know, guys that are to, to get into the Hall of Fame. That's what they need to do. And I think if they did that, he'd be there. As a head coach, you know, it wasn't very good for him. He had the one shot. It was the Rams. It was pretty crappy. Um, was an interim after um, the Giants fired McAdoo. 
for a brief period of time. And then after that, he was off and back to the uh, back to the world of being a coordinator. Uh, Steve from Bluxham says, Pacheco was kind of a disappointment yesterday, but it didn't surprise me. I think he's just a little too above average scat back who had some good theatrics. Uh, you can run angry as you want, but if you're pumping your arms and legs like crazy, you're not moving as fast. You have the power to break tackles, plus constantly get stuff for third and one situations. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, he had, a, he had an off day. I don't know if he was I – mean, he had a great Super Bowl a year ago. I don't, I don't think like he's suddenly been figured out or anything like that. I think the, uh, again, 49ers defense showed up finally yesterday. But, I mean, they, they, they got a lot of high-paid dudes in that defensive line and linebacking court, and they finally put out and did what they are supposed to do. Let's get to Mark in Hampton. What's happening, Mark? You're with us here on uh, via the Valley uh, Hills phone line. Uh, hey, man. I got a couple things. That was a great game. And the way it ended, that was the best way that game could have ended. Whoever can stop who wins the game. Yeah. And – 49ers couldn't stop them from scoring touchdowns. They should have went. Yeah. They shouldn't keep the field goal. That's what I look at. But that venue, the Raiders venue, I've been out there. To see, I haven't been inside of it, but I've seen right. the outside. That venue is freaking phenomenal. It's a mausoleum. I, yeah, I would love to have that as a Washington Commander Stadium. I would. Because it is outside of it, it's, it's just the way they have that design and they shut down the roads out there yeah. to get people to and from that game is phenomenal. But with that being said, my I got family members that live out there that season passes, season ticket holders to the Raiders. They offer them Super Bowl tickets at five thousand each. Oof. That is crazy for a season ticket holder to the Raiders. Yeah, five thousand dollars to start off, and I was like, y'all should have bought them and sold them. Yeah, you just buy them and sell them. That's actually not bad. No, you're right. I mean, that's an investment. Yeah, you can you could definitely flip them for more. Yeah, they were like, we can't go ten grand in and. Yeah. And possibly right. take a loss. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, but yeah, but otherwise, than that, I thought the game was great. Um, but the another thing I'll, I'll pin in that that rule, the overtime rule about players not knowing, they are professional football players that get paid millions of dollars. Yeah. They should do the research on their craft of all the rules. And yeah, it's on the coaches. Yes. Yeah, you got to present but, that. Part of that is on the players. They no, you, you, I mean, it was such a big story, too. That's what's so crazy about it. It was such a big deal uh, when it happened. Uh, you know, remember after that, that Bill's loss, that offseason, it was such a huge topic of conversation. That's what's crazy about it. I mean, that, that's the part that doesn't add up. But, again, the coaching staff's got to remind those guys throughout the week, and that, that should have been a big point of emphasis because a lot of these games are literally down to the last second. So, I don't know. It was kind of wild, especially for a coach. By the way, especially for a coach that was part of an overtime too, right? I mean, Shanahan was in an overtime yeah. as the coordinator of the Falcons. So, yeah. Let me let me tell you one one more thing with, yep. with that play come with the overtime coming into play. Wasn't it Belichick read the rule book, uh, coached his players up about when they kick off the ball if it's near the if it's near the sideline, ball out. out of bounds, yeah. touch the ball. Yep. Yep. And nobody knew about that. That's right. Well, he did that, and then there was – yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of these things that have come up over the years, and, of course, they – you know, with what uh, Vrabel did to take advantage of the time on the punt, remember, to, to, get, to, get, to get the clock to work down at his advantage in the punt situations too. I mean, there's a lot of things, man, that, that the, some of these guys are, are next level on, and they're detention to detail, and, you know, and that's that was a little surprising because I, I don't think Kyle's one of those guys that isn't attention to detail guy, but this seemed to be a pretty obvious one that, that these guys should have been ready for. Yeah, it, they should have been ready, especially in, in the Super Bowl. But otherwise than that, I think some players, there's 53 players on that team. You would think one of them would do some research and study that craft. Yeah. 
and, and they will figure out the loopholes, you know, yeah. of the new rules. So, but that's that's just my take, man. I appreciate you taking my call, man. Thank thank you for everything you do, man. Appreciate it, Mark. Appreciate it. Good talking to you. Uh, all right, we'll get to more. We got a lot of texts. Seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Got some callers too. Hang on the line if you're there. Guy in Richmond, hang in there. We'll get you on the other side. Got football at four continuing coming up at the uh, top of the hour. We'll talk about that forty nine er window, um, and also uh, what's it going to look like moving forward for the Chiefs in terms of free agency as well. All right, Scott Jackson Show, Prior to Sports Radio ninety four point one. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. <laughs> 